The portal is active, with a few coming to Purdue, but more leaving, at least as of right now. So we'll break it all down on Golden Black Radio. Kyle Charters here with Tom Deanhart. That and the NFL Draft. But first this. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Tom, the portal is running hot. It's hot these days, to say the least. (laughs) A lot of departures for Purdue. I, you know, some of these guys, uh, you know, it is what it is at this uh, era of, of college football and, you know, probably works out for the best for both sides. But there are some others who are a little bit uh, surprising, I suppose. Maybe the most notable surprise for Purdue, at least in terms of departures, is is Eric Miller. I always think it's interesting when a, when a starting offensive lineman departs i mean what are you looking for like a different system <laughs> like your job is to block <laughs> all right <laughs> it's uh you know, run block pass block don't allow sacks but eric miller decides to jump in the portal and then and then transfers to to louisville which uh you know there would be obvious connections there what are your thoughts on on miller and maybe anybody else in that portal yeah i was like you uh, when i saw eric miller's name pop up i said whoa um, you know, he sat through winter conditioning, went through spring football. Now he's going to transfer. So uh, after a lot of his buddies already left, you know, after the bowl game or before the bowl game. So, yeah, you hate losing a veteran offensive lineman like like that, Kyle. That's that's the third guy up front that was probably going to start this year that's hit the portal. You know, Eric Miller, Spencer Holstead's left a long time ago for UCLA. And Sione Finau left during spring football for Arizona State. So that's three veteran offensive linemen that have been subtracted, which hurts. They got a couple portal linemen in. One kid was here already, Jalen Grant. And they got the one hit from Indiana Wesley and coming, Ben Farrell. But still, yeah, that was a shocker. You know, like you said, the other guys that have hopped in the portal can't say there were any real shockers there. Um, by my account, I, I keep a I keep a little uh, file on the pin to the message board transfer portal tracker people can follow the comings and goings and 
I got 22 players that have entered the portal for Purdue since the end of the season, Kyle. And since the end of spring football, April 22nd, there have been 11 players jump in. But again, aside from Eric Miller, maybe slightly Brady Allen was a little mild surprise, but not a huge surprise. Everybody else, not a shocker. Yeah. I saw you you tweeted out, uh, you know, a group of three guys who are probably, you know, down on the depth chart, guys that aren't significant uh, at the moment. And I, you know, another person's reaction was sort of an ugh, like, oh, you got to be kidding me type thing. That really shouldn't be people's reaction sometimes, right? I mean, it, it, just in, in 2023 and going forward, this is just the reality, especially with guys who are of lesser significance. Um to go find someplace else that they might be of greater significance. It just is what it is. Yeah, this is um, it's not always a bad thing. I know maybe some people will view it as a harsh reality um, that these kids yeah. get sat down and told, son, you don't really have a spot on our team anymore. But um, this is a whole new era of college athletics. We know it. Um, you know, Kyle, these players can transfer on a whim too, leaving coaches in a lurch scrambling to find replacements so the door swings both ways again i mentioned this before all new head coaches have three semesters that allow them to basically purge the roster of anybody they don't want kyle they can say you got two options you can either hit the portal or you can stay on campus remain on scholarship finish your schooling but not be part of the team so that's those are the conversations that have taken place the players make their decisions we're going to see Kyle, some guys not even hit the portal. They're going to take that, that ladder option. They're just going to say, hey, man, I'm just going to stay here, finish my degree, and not play football. So yeah. there's still attrition to come. I know a couple guys, I think Jared Bozinski, maybe a guy like that, Ben Kryle, maybe Ryan Brandt. Uh, those guys may not even hit the portal. They may just opt to stay. And, again, they're, they're going to still be on scholarship and get to finish their degree, and that's what it's all about, right? Um, so you can't blame Ryan Walters, too. He's trying to win football games. That's what he's paid to do. And he's it's it's his team. He can build the roster as he wants. And honestly, this is it's almost seems like a whole other step forward, the professionalization of college football, really. Yeah, I mean, when everybody's got uh, their hand in the cookie jar a little bit now, certainly uh, coaches have a little bit bigger stake in terms of financials, but uh, players do too these days. So it does make yeah. it more of a professional type setting. There's no doubt about that. Is Purdue's offensive line is <laughs> where's Purdue at with its offensive line? I mean, you mentioned it's lost three guys, yeah. projected starters now uh, since the end of last year or, or before the spring. Uh, what's the status there? Maybe DEFCON two or three. Yeah. I think DEFCON two or three is bad. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they're going to have to, if you were to ask me what position should they be hitting in the portal right now, I would say offensive line, cornerback, and quarterback. And, yeah, they, they they need some other bodies up front, Kyle, for anything else, just to help with depth. You know, you still have, I guess, Muhammad Musa can be your one of your, your left tackle. Daniel Johnson could be your other tackle. You still have, you know, a guard, the Jalen Grant kid from Bowling Green. You got Marcus Bow, and you got Gus Hartwood coming off a knee injury at center. But, again, depth needs to be augmented. And maybe some of those guys I mentioned may not be Big Ten quality starters, but yeah, that's that's a position like like I said, they're gonna have to focus on. I know they've they had one kid in from Houston, an offensive lineman recently. They may get this big tackle from Colorado to visit. 
So there, obviously, the portal shopping is continuing. The portal closed at midnight last night. Um, but just remember this too: if you're if you're a grad transfer, you can move in and out of the from team to team outside of portal windows. So yeah, um, if a guy if a guy has a degree, he can leave whenever he wants as a grad transfer. But again, the portal is closed for undergrads who don't have their degree. So if there's everybody in the portal now, they can jump out at any time and pick a school. As you know, Kyle, everybody's scrambling to find players, so it's very competitive to fill your roster with quality players. Right. And when you pick somewhere, you don't actually sign anything, right? You're just you're, you're tweeting something out, and it's like Twitter official, right? Yeah, there's so no letter. That doesn't mean yeah, anything. No, yeah, there, there, there's no letter intent. Just because you commit to Purdue, guys, other schools can still talk to you. <laughs> and uh, you're you're oh, not man. really officially a member of that new school until you're enrolled as a student. So they like to get right. those guys on campus ASAP, get them enrolled, and then they're officially off the market. All right, a couple other notable names. Milton Wright, the wide receiver in the portal. Brady Allen, the quarterback in the portal. Uh, the Milton Wright thing was probably a, a little bit of a pipe dream to be able to get him back eligible and playing at Purdue, right? I mean, that was going to be a difficulty, it seemed. I mean, even if he did everything he needed – or could try to do, it just might not be possible. Unfortunate, but maybe he gets an opportunity to go somewhere where he can get eligible and play. Yeah, he was he was enrolled in school, and we saw him at Pro Day catching passes for Aiden O'Connell. Um, but again, the news broke yesterday that he was in the portal. Not a shock. Like you said, Kyle, I think it always was a long shot for him to get his academic situation straightened out and to get re-enrolled at Purdue. I heard he didn't leave on real good terms. Gave it a try. didn't work, apparently. I think he probably saw the handwriting on the wall as classes are coming to a close here at Purdue. Hopes to maybe hang on or catch on somewhere else. So, too bad because Purdue could certainly use an alpha wide receiver of his ilk. Yeah. So yeah, they have to turn the page. You have one wide receiver committed already, a kid from Florida Atlantic. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they still continue to vet wide receivers, maybe try to pull out what they think could be a real difference maker along the lines of a Charlie Jones. Uh Brady Allen, too. Um, you know, the second time for him. Uh I mean, it just didn't seem like this was working out or going to work out for whatever reason with Brady Allen. Yeah, I don't know if he's a fit for the offense. I know he's an athletic kid, even though he's 6'6". I'm not sure if he's a true dual threat that they want quarterbacking this offense. So more of a square peg, round hole situation for Brady Allen. He gave it a crack. He came back, went through spring ball. And I think maybe he was even put off a little bit by the fact that they were recruiting quarterbacks out of the portal. They had the kid from Oregon State visit here yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So. That man Brady wasn't going to be, be the number two guy. So now he's gone. Where he lands, who knows? But Purdue has to find a quarterback, Kyle. I mentioned that earlier. They got to find a backup for for cuts and card. You know, there's only two scholarship quarterbacks right now. One is card, the other being the true freshman Ryan Brown. So that's going to be the conundrum. That's going to be the hard sell for this staff. Can they find a quarterback who would be who's a veteran quarterback who'd be happy coming here? and knowing he's going to be the backup. Yeah. Yeah, but, man, it, it, you, you got to find somebody. It's, it would be hard to go into a season with only two, two scholarship quarterbacks. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Like, not only that you don't have a – you know, maybe you had three or four and a couple of them were hurt or something like that. That would be one thing. But to only have two 
I mean, usually you see schools have what four or five you you'd like to recruit and have basically a scholarship quarterback per class, but maybe that's, you know, maybe that's old school thinking to pre uh, pre portal. It might be a little bit more challenging to do that, but man, only having two, mm-hmm. I just, I've never seen that. Yeah. Just got one. The other one's a true freshman. Like I said, Ryan Brown. So yeah, this is their big sense of urgency. If Kyle Adams too, Kyle, the uh, walk on from West Lafayette, who I think they like that. Who knows? He may, he may actually be the number two quarterback right now, honestly. Um, but you got to get a veteran in here. They may have to look to like a, the lower levels, FCS or even division two to find a quarterback uh, to bring in here and, serve as Hudson Card's caddy. It's imperative because we all know these quarterbacks get hurt. They're going to ask Hudson Card to run the football a lot, maybe a lot. And the last time that Purdue had a quarterback to start every game of the season, you have to go back to 2016 when David Blau pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to do. Um, that's for sure. All right, so Purdue has gotten – well, first, the Isaiah Walker, the, the J.C. offensive tackle, is not coming. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. He reached out last night and he put something on Twitter too uh, later that, yeah, he's not going to come here. Uh, he's got to finish up some coursework. I guess he didn't complete back at Butler Community College in Kansas. He also said, you know, they, there was a change at offensive line coach from, from, from um, Maddox to, uh, to Marcus Johnson here right before spring ball started. Maddox was the guy who recruited him. He said that played a factor in it. So, you know, pretty wanting to come, Kyle. And now he's not coming. So, you know, that's a guy, too, that you subtract from the offensive line mix that they're, you know, as a J.C. kid, they're, they're obviously going to count on to, to be a contributor right away. Yeah. All right. So Purdue has had some guys uh, uh, both from the portal and also uh, high school commitments. Those are a thing still, too, high school commitments. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Auburn defensive tackle, Jeffrey mm. Mba. The JC cornerback, Batros Alessandro. Yeah. And also a couple of uh, 2024 uh, commitments Texas wide receiver Mason Dossett and Tennessee Mm -hmm. running back Jaheim Merriweather. Uh, So the the two uh, portal guys uh, or incoming guys first, uh, again, just two guys that fill positions of need. I mean, there's not a position, it's not of need for Purdue, it seems like. Um, yeah, but, but two more, two more bodies. Yeah, the big offensive, uh, defensive, uh, the big offensive. I'm sure the big Auburn defensive end, Kyle. Yeah, I spoke to him last week. Uh, Jeffrey Emba. He's from France. Speaks with a pretty thick accent. Seems like a good guy. Good fun personality. He passes the eyeball test for sure. Six six, about three oh five. So he'll probably start. I would guess. Auburn didn't want to lose him, Kyle. And uh, he didn't do much last year. It was his only year at Auburn. He was a JC kid before. But they're counting on the sort of breakout this year. And then, yeah, the uh, Botros Alessandro, the junior college defensive back, he's going to play cornerback from Snow, JC out in Utah. Just about a 6'1", 180-pound kid. Originally from New Hampshire. He'll get here in May, like Emba. And uh, we've talked about the need of cornerback for help. And you know, as a JC kid, he's got three years of eligibility. He's going to get a chance to impress there. So, a couple of instant impact guys. You talked about the high school kids too. Yeah, the running back from from, from near Knoxville, Tennessee, Merriweather. He's a four-star back. He looks like he's got good credentials. Had some good offers. 
named Mason Dossett from Missouri City, Texas, which is near Houston. He's a he's a wide receiver. He's very fast. He's one of the best hurdlers in the state of Texas. Uh, not the biggest receiver, but again, he's a guy that's going to come in uh, 2024 class and augment that wideout group. Yeah. And produce national rank uh, up to 28th in the recruiting class, 2024. You always like when your first-year coach makes a splash in recruiting. It does seem like Ryan Walters and company are doing that here early, right? I mean, you've got to have some momentum mm-hmm. uh, in that yeah. first high school recruiting cycle. Yeah, a couple guys to, to keep on your radar. Um, another high school kid running back from Tomball, Texas, Christian Womack, is going to visit officially this weekend. He's the class of 2023, Kyle was headed to a junior college, got laid off from Purdue. Uh, again, he was going to visit this weekend. I think most people expect him to commit at some point, a speedy back. And, uh, and again, um, keep him on your radar for sure. And uh, also the junior college, not a junior college, but, but a portal cornerback, Sean Stevens, I wrote about a couple of weeks ago. He's visited here. He's trying to get a waiver to get a seventh year of eligibility. He told me today he's going to get a verdict this week. He seems pretty positive that he's going to get that extra year. And if he gets it, he is going to come to Purdue, he says. So, again, he's a, he's a, he played at West Liberty University, which is a Division II school in West Virginia. But he had some nice offers, and, and uh, that could be a guy that Purdue gets a commitment from here in the next week or so. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of uh, NFL draft. Five Boilermakers picked uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend. Uh, We'll do that coming up next. This is Golden Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. All right, Tom, a good haul uh, for Boilermakers headed to the NFL five in total most since uh, basically the entire defense was drafted back in 2004. Uh, Some interesting ones, too. I think, you know, Charlie Jones going in the fourth round, Aiden O'Connell also in the fourth round, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe sort toward the the high uh, end of that range. Uh, Perhaps for both those guys, certainly for uh, the quarterback O'Connell who goes uh, to Las Vegas, Payne Durham mm-hmm. in the fifth round to Tampa Bay, Corey Trice and Jalen Graham in the seventh round of the Steelers and 49ers. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit of O'Connell. It seemed like the Raiders liked him. They moved up to get him, um, perhaps, you know, thinking that he fits a little bit in, in uh, what, uh, what they want to do. Um, and, you know, Fairly or unfairly, maybe some comparisons to, to Tom Brady's release and maybe Tom Brady's <laughs> athleticism a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit too. Uh, but that seems like a pretty good fit for O'Connell. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was reading some stuff Saturday or Sunday, and Josh McDaniels, that's the kind of quarterback he likes. You know, I'm not, we're not saying he's Tom Brady, right? But it's, a, and it's an offense that he runs in Vegas that doesn't require a super mobile quarterback. Yeah. So he does his Aiden O'Connell's physical skill set sort of is right in the Josh McDaniels wheelhouse as far as the offense that he runs. Most people thought, myself included, it may be Aiden or be a sixth or a seventh round pick at best, you know, maybe you have to settle for being a free agent. But you're right, the fourth round, obviously, um, 
you know, uh, surprised a lot of people there. He, I, know, I know he had a lot of interest, Cal. He made a lot of visits to a lot of teams in the lead up to the draft. And, you know, I honestly thought the first Purdue guy picked would have been Corey Trice. Um, you don't find too many six foot three cornerbacks who run four, four forties, and his knee apparently is healthy. But again, he didn't go to the seventh round. Uh, so, yeah, it was a nice haul. Five Purdue players picked. Kyle, I think there were only three Big Ten teams that had more guys picked Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. So, you can see why this team won the Big Ten West last year. Jalen Graham probably hurt a little bit by the fact that he was just so in and out of the lineup. I mean, if you look at the impact that he had in earlier seasons, he was a guy that was just all over the place, it felt like, for Purdue. Maybe a little yeah. bit in, undersized still uh, as a as a linebacker. Um, but uh, 49ers might have gotten something in the seventh round with him, in my opinion, because if he's healthy, he can play. Yeah, you know, he could be like a, a nickel linebacker. Kind of played that position last year, safety slash linebacker. Put him in space. He can cover a little bit. And special teams, Kyle, that's where he's going to have to make his hay, right? He's going to have to probably play every special team uh, to make the roster and, and be, a, be a bit player at best on when it comes to defense. But, yeah, good for him. I wasn't sure if he'd get picked at all. Then Charlie Jones, man, you know, we know the 40 he ran at, at the combine was impressive. He led the nation in contested catches last year. Um, boy, what a what a move for him to come from Iowa to Purdue. And playing that offense last year to catch all those passes, I mean, he, he made himself a lot of money by making that transfer, right? Yeah. So it's going to be fun. And how thrilled does he have to be, Kyle, to go play in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow and, that, that, and what they got going on there down in the Queen City? Yeah, no doubt. Got a chance to catch a lot of a lot of footballs there if he can break in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another guy I think that, you know, could have a long NFL career is, is Payne Durham. I mean, if you're, you know, mm -hmm. steady, good blocker, catches the ball, maybe doesn't have a high-end athleticism, but you can be a you can be a solid number two tight end for a long yeah. time if you if you do a lot of different things well. And Payne Durham does uh, a lot of different things really well. You're right. I think you summed it up perfectly. Uh, Swiss Army knife of sorts. Good guy, too, Kyle. Uh, he's got a good personality. He's a leader, uh, a team player, good for the locker room. I think he's going to become a popular player quickly and find a role as a niche guy. So um, it was nice to see him get picked. He probably went exactly where most people thought in the fifth round. Yeah. Has to be pumped to go to Tampa. I know Tampa is sort of in a rebuild mode, but. Still, that's a place that loves its football. So, um, yeah, nice to see him come off the board and get a chance to, to make some money. Just an incredible story, too. We've heard it a lot, but just to play one season of high school football and uh, to, to develop into what he became at Purdue and how to get paid as a professional, it's been remarkable. A lot, just a lot of good stories with O'Connell being a walk-on. You know, Charlie Jones had to walk on at Iowa after he left Buffalo. And uh, just, just some fun storylines to these pretty guys you got picked this year. Who will be selected next year? Yeah, I think Garrett Miller has got to be the top pro prospect who's eligible for the draft. And Nick Carraway's probably the best pro, but he's only a true sophomore this year. So, you know, Garrett Miller, if he's healthy, you know, we, he missed last year, we all know, with a knee injury. He's always been considered a better pro prospect than Peyton Durham. Um, just kind of a freaky guy with the size and speed combination. If he's healthy and he shows it, catches, catches his fair share of passes and tests well, he can maybe be what Kyle third or fourth round pick, I think. Uh, kind of yeah. what Bryson Hopkins went a few years ago. 
no, if, uh, he's he's a fifth year senior this coming year. The other guys are more into the redshirt sophomore, uh, Marcus Bow. I'm not sure if he'd come out, but I think he's a guy the pros would, would, would want to get a look at. You know, Gus Hartwig's going to be a true senior. Again, if he's healthy, plays well, you know, Gus is eligible for the draft. Obviously, he could be a guy that's picked. Um, Muhammad Musa, sort of like Bo, that same class. I'm, I'm not sure if Musa is at the same level as Bo right now. And then Cordae Sidner on defense, Kyle. He's he's a he's a redshirt sophomore this year. He could come out. You know, I saw him even mentioned on some early draft projections. I was going over this weekend. He's going to play outside linebacker this year. Was a defensive end and. We're playing opposite Nick Carraway and Kydra Jenkins. Sinner could have a big year this year. Who knows if, if he plays as well as people think. I mean, there's a possibility. He, I guess he could could turn pro. And in the back end, Kyle, maybe, maybe, maybe Cam Allen, Sanusi Kane, I'm not sure. Probably just free agent guys, though. Yeah. All right, Tom. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, Please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Tom Deanhart, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio.